rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. <laughs> the time is 7.03 a.m. You are listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. It is Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021, and it's a lovely day. You want to know why it's a lovely day? Well, I'll tell you. I got some headphones. And this is weird because like now I'm listening to myself talk and I really, I kind of don't like it, but you know, it's kind of cool. These were a gift and I'm testing them out. So I'm on, I'm doing a product test today. So yeah, you will be listening to the sound of my voice and I'll be hearing it myself. This is a new thing for both of us. All right. So we got news to talk about and let's get into it tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Mass Vax number six is happening at uh, Grace AME, excuse me, Cathedral of Grace Church at 2950 Bilter Road on Aurora's Far East Side. Now, you can receive a vaccine if you are an Aurora resident in any of the following categories 65 years or older, a healthcare, first responder, education, food and agriculture, manufacturing, corrections worker. U.S. Postal Service, public transit worker, grocery store worker, shelters, or adult daycare. Medical conditions, person with a disability, diabetes, obesity, pulmonary diseases, smoking, heart condition, chronic kidney disease, cancer, immunocompromised, sickle cell, pregnancy. There are limited availability of Moderna vaccines. You had to have signed up to receive the registration link. And that was at auroratechil.org slash masvax. Shout out to VNA Healthcare. Shout out to Cathedral of Grace Church. And shout out to the city of Aurora, Illinois. Okay. We passed the uh, threshold, or rather, we passed a year of COVID-19 here in our city. I want to give a shout out to the city of Aurora. Uh, they had a tribute of honor to the 250 Aurorans who died from coronavirus. There is a memorial in front of City Hall on Downer Place. Families who come out there and placed one white rose for their loved one. Shout out to the city of Aurora for doing that. Latin Vax happened over the uh, last week as well. Shouts out to all who attended and took part in the Latin X Vax community vaccination clinic that was held at the, uh, I think, Bell Cell Banquets on New York Street. Friends of ours, friends of the show. Allie Hernandez, she's a person who uh, volunteered there. So shouts out to Allie Hernandez and all the volunteers who are helping to keep our people safe. Okie dokie. I told you guys yesterday, just yesterday, about the very cool Middle East Wall of Conflict um, car show that's happening in Oswego. And that's going to be the 23rd of May. Please go to Facebook and check out that flyer and take part and attend if you can. Also, don't forget that coming up, what's returning to Aurora? First Fridays. Hey, snaps. All right. Friday, April 2nd. In addition to First Friday returning, there's also going to be an art gallery taking place. The Masters Revealed by Vizel Arts. 
Feature artists are going to be Chaz Naponsky, Soterios Gardiakos, Joe Gagnapane, Mary Ellen Newton, Patty Fine Vander Sandy, Beth Kolar, John Cornelison, Josue Pias, and Maureen Gassick. This will be from 5 to 8.30 p.m. at Gallery 19041 1 East Benton in downtown Aurora. DJ Venom will be playing music. Face masks are required indoors. Shouts out to Viso Arts. Shouts out to all of the artists who will be taking part in this. So come on out and have some fun on that day. Also, on April 2nd, at the intersection of Broadway and Benton, specifically 76 South Broadway, there will be a game theater and free video games. Yes, that is right. Our friends of Windy City Game Theater will be out there and they will be having and hosting free video game play for anyone who wants to take part. Now you're talking about fun. What is a game theater you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's a huge truck just filled with TVs, PS3 or PS like fours, fives and Xboxes. You can get your play on. And this is sponsored by Judd, Lofshi and Associates, real estate developers and more. All right. Also, taking place at 1904 1 East Benton on the 29th, so next Monday from noon to 5 p.m. is the Stronger Together Community Blood Drive, hosted by the Duquesne Abate Motorcycle Awareness Advocacy Group and our representatives of the 84th District, Stephanie Kiffelwit, the 50th District, Mr. Keith Willer, and the 83rd District, Representative Barbara Hernandez. Shouts out. So this will be in the lower level, which is Gallery 1904. There is a sign-up that you should have signed up at, and that is at www.versity.org.il, or excuse me, slash il. Shouts out to them. Don't forget, five-day packs have returned for East Aurora District 131 students. You can pick them up. There are five locations for breakfasts and lunches available from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m at five school sites rather. Allen, Krug, Oak Park, Simmons Middle School, and East High School. Shouts out to District 131 for all the great work that they do for our students. Okay, next on the list is the Treats for Sweets drive through This will be Saturday, April 3rd at MLK Park on the east side. That's like Farnsworth, I think. Uh, from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m., our friends of the CAN Network, C-A-A-N, Community Advocacy Awareness Network, and Not Forgotten Ministries will be collecting donations until the 28th of this month, so only a few more days. You can donate candy, chips, and juice boxes or pouches. The drop-off location for donations is Java Plus, 1677 at Montgomery, Montgomery Road in Aurora. That's over there by, uh, there's a CVS right across the street. It's like Montgomery and wherever that little back dip off is. Um, so yeah, now Java Plus is a great coffee shop and we had a wonderful interview with their owner who's a guy by the name of Mr. Michael Morkert. Check that out. And you can check it out on our Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all of that good stuff. Or YouTube as well. What is this guy doing? I'm broadcasting, coming to you live from downtown Aurora. I'm looking out the window at some weirdo in a green truck. What is he doing? Anyway, so that's all for the news today. 
I want you guys to have a great and fantastic day. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Spotify or YouTube. And if you got any questions, comments, you can leave us a message at goodmorningauroraIL at gmail.com. And that is the news. All right. Hello, Angelus. Hello. Good to meet you. Nice to meet you. All right. Thank you for taking some time to sit down with us. For our listeners, perfect, and our viewers, let us know um, who you are and where you're from. Uh, so my name is Angelus Pompa. I'm currently 23 years old. I have lived in the city of Aurora for, I think, 22 years. So I, I was born in Chicago and then I came here. And I am currently a political advocate. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. So, um, large family, small family, brothers and sisters? So, my primary family is just my mom, my dad, and my two younger brothers. Okay. And, yes. And then I was living with my grandma, but now she lives in Mexico with my mom. Uh-huh. So, I have one parent here, and then I have one parent in Mexico. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, well, let me just pick the east sider or a west sider. People come <laughs> on here, and they, they, they like to uh, know and shout those things out. Represent. Um, I'm from the east side. Okay. Yeah, so I stay, uh, I stay near the other half of the bridge. Cool. And mm-hmm. I uh, went to East High? No, I actually went to private school. Oh. So I went to public school. I went to Hermes, then I went to Simmons, and then I transferred over to private school. I ended up going to Rosary uh, for my four years of high school. Very cool. Very yes. cool. What is your post-high school education? Um, I went to Dominican University. I studied sociology and political science. Um, how I ended up in Dominican was a complete accident. I signed up the la- like the day before everything was due. Uh, they encouraged me to do it, so I did, and then I just got in. So it was kind of like a meant-to-be situation. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Dominican University. They, they consistently come across our radar. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, what impact did your dad have in your life? My dad? Um, well, my dad is a business owner, uh, and he was actually, the, he's the one parent that's staying with me, so he has a bigger impact on my life. So he didn't have any education at all. Um, I think he went to like first grade and then after that he just dropped out to work purely to help his family. His from Mexico and then he came here. So he motivates me in that sense that he is one of those people that continuously strives. He has a business now. So he went from like extreme poverty. He always, you know, jokes that he only had like a tortilla and salt to eat every day. So the fact that he went from that to hear and then now is like a business owner he's a very great father uh the fact that he encourages me and my brothers to do whatever we need he motivates me in that sense uh like an emotional support an economic support and just uh you know he motivates us to do whatever we want to do so we don't have to go through what he did uh the story of working Mm -hmm. as opposed to education or uh not going through a lot of school and instead dropping out to work and support a family is that typical in uh, uh, in the Latino community? Um, I would say yes and no. I have both fathers, so I have my mom went all the way through high school, and then my dad didn't. So it was kind of like I I don't want to like put all the Hispanics in one sure, category, sure, but sure. for the most part, I would say so. I know a lot of first gen now goes to school, uh, but I think our parents didn't. I know my mom had to go back to get her GED. But I've seen both spectrums, but for the most part, I think a lot of Hispanics now do go to higher education, but I think before it wasn't that option, which is why we had such a huge migration. Uh, and for the record, I was not 
uh, you know, retro- in retrospect, yeah, I wasn't trying to, you know, make no, it no, seem like, it. yeah, nobody's getting a high school diploma in, uh-huh. in the Latino community, not at all. Uh, but I have, I have met more than a hand, a lot of people who, mm-hmm. uh, who told me that about their dads mm-hmm. and their uncles and other special people were like the, uh, you know, the, the focus of taking care of the family certainly was uh, a, a, a big responsibility. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've been to Mexico. Yes. What's Mexico like? Um, well, I don't go to vacation, so I can speak about Mexico through my family experience. Uh, when I go, I mostly went to go visit my grandma because she was living alone over there. Uh, it's a whole situation. Her visa expired, so she couldn't come back. And so when I went, it was mostly to take care of her. She's in her older age, and again, she was living alone. So when I went, it was mostly to take her out to a couple places since she can't walk by herself. So it was like to take her out to like the town, the near towns. Um, and when I went, it was mostly to take care of her. So for me, Mexico is mostly just a small community. There's a lot of people that have left from the small areas, like small towns. So when I went, it was kind of like ghost towny. Uh, so that's from my own experience. So Mexico is very, it's very calm. Um, it's very just laid back. It's a lot of people talking about like what's next for their future there. Uh, and then I want to talk about also the last time that I went, which was completely different. So now that like my mom's there and everything, uh, and I get to go out a little bit more, the last time I went, it was very chaotic. I know my state is kind of like in a code red for violence. I, my family's from Michoacan. And the last time I went, it was a little bit more, you know, cops everywhere. I know every day I went, there was the National Guard there and the Army. Uh, you're talking about... And again, I don't want to say this is all Mexico, but this is when I went for like 10 days. Uh, I know there were shootings. I know there's, um, I know when I went, there was like this car lit on fire. So the violence has increased uh, the last couple times I went versus this last year. So Mexico's a little bit of both. Uh, small areas tend to be a little bit more quieter versus the bigger city areas. Sure. Or um, now it's a little bit of a mix of both. Now it is a little bit more violent, but overall, like there's still sights to see. Uh, there's still, you know, like people to me and all this stuff, but it's a, it's a little bit of both. How good of a job is Obrador doing? Is who? Obrador, is that his name, the president? Oh, the president? I know a lot of my generation loves him, but from my family who was in government, because I have a lot of family who was in government in Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, he's, I, I feel like he's just hiding something. Like, I know he's trying his best to get rid of crime, uh, I know he's trying his best to motivate women and help women because there is a large uh, increase in violence against women in Mexico. I know he's trying to push small businesses because in small towns, how I was mentioning, they're very uh, quiet because people are leaving in order to find jobs. So I know he's trying to build up those communities again. So on that perspective, I think he's doing very well. Uh, but from what I hear from you know behind closed doors, as we say in politics, it's a little suspicious he's been able to do so much uh, without being reprehended from any gang or any uh, cartel, per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, reprimanded, you mean? Uh, like, what, reprehend, what, what do you mean by that? What, I uh, mean, like, he hasn't been, he hasn't faced any repercussions from the good he's trying to do. Ah, okay. So, yeah, so, which, you know, me and my family find very interesting since, you know, as soon as you speak your mind in Mexico, like, someone's bound to take you out. Wow. Yeah. What's wrong with America? What's wrong with America? I think there's been a lot of division lately. Um, And I want to say it's because of the influence of media and quick facts. 
So I think the problem with America is the fact that we're not taking the time to learn a whole issue. I think we're taking bits of issues and compiling them and mixing them with our own emotions, like our own personal truths, uh, instead of listening to what the facts are and longer discussions. Does that make sense? Um, it does. We that can dive like into it. It could be cured, though, with a little bit more, you know, literacy, uh, mm -hmm. especially in social media and, you know, local government or what have you. Um, what about the uncurables? Does America have any of those? I think there's always going to be a little bit of bad. I think there's going to be people who are overcome with their own emotions. Um, I think there's going to be people that don't have the patience mm -hmm. to listen to a full discussion mm. so i always for example i always say like tiktok is a great app but if you only watch one 15 second clip but you don't go to the hour-long discussion uh, i think there's a little bit of ignorance in that mm. because you're taking the time to watch multiple one videos on a single issue so you're repeating what you're hearing but you're not listening to the full take of it I think the only bad part about it and the only bad apples within the tree would be the people that take one thing and roll with it. Well, and not only that too, like you never hear mm -hmm. the follow-up question, right? Yes. So it's like, uh, and that's one thing that's always bugged me. You know, some people just get away with saying the most ridiculous things. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, now we're going to commercial break. And then that, that BS just lives and survives and just yes. does not get shot down. Um, what does America mean to you? America, I'm, okay, so I'm very patriotic. Um, I know a lot of people get thrown off because they're like, oh, but like you're first gen, like you should. I'm very patriotic. So to me, America is a land where my family has been able to gain opportunity. Um, I always speak about how we used to live in a church when we were homeless. So the fact that my family was able to overcome poverty twice, my dad twice, I say, uh, they were able to do that. We were able to do that. We were able to have a really good education through private schools because me and my brothers went to private school um so it's a place where i'm able to get a really good education i'm able to also discuss ideas with other people which i know like i said when i go to mexico i can't do that because once you tell someone something your opinion on the military for example uh your family is at risk uh, so i can't talk about that but here i'm able to talk about different issues i'm able to talk about uh, what my family's going through, how other people have done it to get out of poverty, all that kind of stuff. Uh, to me, America is a place where I can be very open on social media, which is a very big blessing to me because that's where my platform is. So I'm able to continuously get to meet other people. I'm able to continuously get to know different ideas very openly. So it's a place where I'm safe, where I'm able to learn, and where I'm able to grow. Very cool, very cool. Mm -hmm. Now, tell us about your podcast. <laughs> so my podcast, um, I have two platforms. I have Politics with Angelus, and then I have Medea News. Uh, the Politics with Angelus is mostly my own opinions. It's uh, how I interpret what's going on in the news mixed with a little bit of socialization. So I think, again, where I was going with the whole, like, what's wrong with America, people need to learn both sides. So people need to learn the facts, like this is what's going on, and then this is how people are interpreting it because we are humans. We all go through similar things. So Politics with Angelus is a lot of how I'm combining the two in order to teach people both sides of the aisle. And then Medea News is just quick information. It is the news that is going out, sort of like how Fox News brings it out, how like uh, CNN brings it out, but without the opinion pieces. So it's just bringing light to a lot of news that isn't being talked about what's something that is 
not being talked about or should be? Um, I think we need to talk about the correct side of immigration. And I think we need to talk about the voices that are being left out of the discussion. So my role and what I want to do with politics is I want to be that voice for those people because this is what I've seen that isn't being covered by the news. So for example, no one was talking about in immigration how there's this whole population that's left out. Um, you know, dreamers have their own thing. TPI, I know in Spanish we call it TPS, they have their own thing. Asylum seekers have their own thing, but there's a whole group of people that are left out, meaning our parents. Um, I know right now with immigration, there's a lot of people that can't file for any sort of citizenship residency because they're not either one married to someone who is a citizen um, or they don't have a son or daughter in the army. So we're leaving a whole population out with no voices. Um, on the other spectrum, we're not talking about mental health as it should be talked about. We're throwing we're throwing around so many terms like depression. We're throwing, a, we're, you know, we mess around that everyone's like suicidal nowadays. Sorry for the trigger, but you know, but we're not talking about people who are actually going to therapy who have overcome it. So it's all these negative attributes, but no one's talking about solutions. Hmm. So I brought, yeah. So those are just two issues to bring light about, sure. and as an example. But I think the mostly biggest thing that's not being talked about is that it's like what is the solution then um so we're not talking about the solutions that are coming from people who have actually experienced all this and right. who have overcome it right so we're not yeah so that's basically what i'm bringing light to um now what's your fascination with politics and how did it start <laughs> everyone always asks me that but i've never said why because it's such a long story so you guys are going to be the first to hear um yeah but i'm going to keep it short just for the podcast purpose so what brought me into politics number one is definitely my family but there's three situations in general in my life that kind of just attached me to it um, so the first one was again when me and my family experienced extreme poverty when we lost our home um, and this was because I think a lot of the Latino culture goes through this too. It's the fact that, you know, a lot of our parents came from nothing and then they gave us everything and it made us live above our means. So when that economic uh, recession happened, I remember back in like 2008, between 2008 to 2012, uh, my family was one of the people that were hit because we didn't learn how to save. We were living paycheck to paycheck. So after uh, we experienced poverty, it was even more more of like a wake-up call to me because I was curious as to why uh, you know my family was making less than 12k for a family of five and somehow our food stamps got taken away I was curious why uh, you know my parents weren't able to file any sort of lawsuit or anything for why my dad got fired which was very unjust uh, because he was undocumented we weren't able to basically do anything um, you know, my parents were scared of going to Hesed House because we didn't know what was going to happen. Because, like I said, we were young at that time, so we didn't know what was going to happen. So, to me, it was kind of like, well, then who do we turn to? Like, where are these politicians that I always see uh, on the news, like, holding hands in, like, a march or something with immigrants? Like, where are they now? They're like, my parents are going through this. So, to me, it was just kind of like, who, I don't want to say who is to blame, but, like, where are these people? Like, I was told that politicians were supposed to be accessible. I was told politicians were always uh, going to help someone under the, you know, especially since we live in Illinois, they're very big on immigration, but it's like, where, where are they now? So, that was the first situation that really just opened my eyes. It was like, me and my family had to go through this completely alone. Um, it was just with the help of our own community, like our own friends around us within that church, that we were able to get out of it. But again, the whole political aisle completely disappeared. 
So that was the first one. And then the second one was um, the whole, I had three surgeries in one year. Mm-hmm. So that really, and I was like bed rest for a year, right? And then also my mom needed surgery and we went, I think she like needed it really bad. And then we couldn't find anyone to do that surgery because once she wasn't documented too, um, you know, they were like, the first question they always ask you is like, how are you going to pay for this? You know, you don't have insurance, all this stuff. And it's like me and my mom were going through this. And then I felt bad because I had insurance, but my mom didn't. Right. So my mom was in so much physical pain and then I was in so much pain, but she had to take care of me. So it was sort of like, okay, I heard Obama did healthcare, but like, where was this for my mom? It was a lot of, okay, you know, there was so much push again for wanting to better the communities from politicians. Like, this is what you hear in every single run up, like when they're running up, it's like, I want to better the community, but like, how are you helping me? Like, how can I reach you again? There was no one there. And so me and my family had to go through this again. And this was also while we were, um, freshly out of the church so we had just bought a home uh, but we were still building up when all this happened so it was like one thing on top of the other right and then the last thing that I always say motivated me to do politics was my family situation Mm -hmm. so I mentioned earlier I have one parent in Mexico and one parent here the reason for that is because of the immigration system it's very corrupt and it's very um it's not talked the corruption is not talked about because there's no consistency in who gets citizenship there's no consistency in who gets residency there's no consistency at the border i say that because tell me why i have so many family coming through asylum but my own parents who again started businesses came out of poverty have all three children in college they can't qualify for anything and my mom had to leave because she someone had to take care of my grandma because she has dementia so you know my parents had to split you know, they're living separately. My family, you know, me and my brothers are going through that, like split parents at a very late age. Um, and we were a very tiny family, so that impacted us. I'm living with now like one parent income and I have to send to my mom. And it's like, where is all this help for my parents? So to me, it's like, I've had to get into politics because I know I'm not the only one who went through poverty uh, and didn't get help. I'm not the only one who has experienced medical malpractice. I'm not the only person who has experienced problems with the immigration system. And no one's talking about the people that, you know, aren't what what's in the news. So like, for example, my parents aren't dreamers, so they're not being talked about in the news. It's that lost population in the middle that the media won't cover and the politicians don't want to address. So my family experiences technically is really what got me into politics. And uh, what keeps me in politics is also them and the fact that, you know, we're still facing repercussions from uh, the poverty because I know like we buy in bulk because we're so scared it might happen again and then with my whole parents situation like it's, it impacts me every day so to me I'm staying in politics now because of my family and I am got into it because of my family because of everything that happened to us and then the fact that you know no politician was ever there no law was ever there to protect us nothing was ever available to us when politics works mm-hmm. what does it look like What's the good thing about politics? The good thing about politics is that it represents every situation that arises. So when I used to study, when I study politics and when I like look at history about it, it has built up to the system where we are able to have a representation of everyone. So when it does work is when we're able to hear both sides and when we're able to actually come to a conclusion that includes a little bit of everything. So for example, 
I mean, I want to say, for example, like the whole abortion before 2019. I don't want to say after 2019, but like, for example, abortion bills before 2019, we had a mix of everything. We had a mix of people who were against it and who were for it. So that's a bill that was like for everyone, right? And then politics works when we're able to rally and when we're able to actually organize within communities uh, to create change within the system. So I know, for example, um, I know in... You know what, sketch that. I'm just going to end no, there. Go ahead. No, 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 I just want to say, like, because I, I was going to bring up police, but I know it's a very controversial issue right now. What's, uh, what, what's, what's, what's controversial about it? <laughs> I think, no, it's okay. I think everything is. Um, I know, for example, in California, they were all rooting for, um, you know, like, all these police reforms. They were vo- uh, they were trying to rally for, and I don't want to bring up, like, the whole thing that happened over the summer. This was, like, years ago, like, when they rallied uh, police brutality back in the 80s, 90s. Like, that actually created change because... The politicians were able to come to the table with the people that were uh, that were rallying, and they were able to listen to them, and they were able to come to a conclusion that included both sides. So politics works when the people get involved, when people actually show up to the polls, because obviously these are elected officials that they wanted in. So it works when people rally, when people organize, when people vote, when people actually, you know, join in on the discussion instead of just posting about it, which is I think what a lot of people are doing now. It's a lot of action taking from the people that then goes to the politicians. Some would say that those early discussions with police in the community in the 80s, the 80s and 90s did not lead to change. We just saw HB 3653 get passed recently, which made sweeping changes. Mm-hmm. What changes were made back then that were tangible? I think the whole, the whole like working against the racist beliefs that a lot of people had so i don't remember exactly like policy for policy but what i do know that created change was the fact that we started having these discussions like Mm -hmm. hey there is there is racism uh from one community to the next there is discrimination based on how a person looks uh there is this implicit bias that police have because of either they're in the same communities uh, and they only rotate around same communities so they have these built up implicit biases um or because you know, they see certain violence within that certain area. Mm-hmm. I don't want to point out race or anything, but like just because of certain areas, like there's this all implicit stuff. Um, I think body cameras have been a very big change throughout the years after that. Um, I think the way that combat is built and the way that police training has been, I'm not saying police training is great, trust me, it's not, but um, the way that police training has been going, you know, they're having different scenarios that are more realistic. They're having more scenarios where uh, they're actually talking to the people they're learning you know like de-escalation they're learning all this kind of stuff that i think has benefited Hmm. um as an auroran yeah what are some of the uh what are some of the you know two or three of the biggest changes that excuse me that you've seen in your time here the old aurora and the aurora of today Mm. i don't really stay in aurora so i'm trying to think You caught me off guard on that one. <laughs> it's because I'm mostly in Chicago, so I'm like I'm trying to think about okay. like Aurora specifically. Um, I think number one though for sure has been uh, the gang violence has gone down, and I know this because uh, we had to move houses after. So after we lost our first house, we didn't want to go around the same area, uh, so we moved to a different house. But either way, it was still within the same area. But I think the violence has gone down dramatically. Um, I remember I used to come home from work, and I would see like gang signs and everything around my area and I think that's very much diminished 
uh, and it used to be around my parish too. So I think the whole gang violence has gone down a lot. So I give props to the violence that has lowered. Um, I also give props to the mayor trying to recover downtown Aurora. I think that's been a really great thing. Um, although I don't agree with what's being put in, I think at the same time, the fact he's trying to have Aurora be a destination spot, especially, especially since we have a lot of travelers because of the Alamo. Mall, I think that was a really good idea. Oh, yeah, sure. As long as you're trying to feed people, you don't have to be the best chef. You know, I mean, just cook, you know? No, yeah, so I think that's been a really good idea. Um, But if the mayor does listen to this, I really hope he listens to a lot of, like, what college students want around the area, especially since we have Wabonzi. I think it'd be great for those same people to stay around the area and have something that they want. What do they want? Mm, well, when I did, so I remember I went to one of the meetings for it was like, oh, what's going to be put in here? What's not? Um, yeah. I remember I told him, I was like, hey, listen, like people want a Froyo place. Like people want um, a Panera here. People want a Starbucks here or a Dunkin', whichever one. Uh, people want, you know, something that we like uh, food wise. Like that's what everyone wants. And then he's like, no. And I was like, what? Like this is what they want. And I always do these polls on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I talk to people within the community. And I'm just like, yeah, like this is what everyone wants. Like we want stuff that we actually like I'm not saying all the businesses here are bad I actually go to them but what I'm saying is like a lot more of all this like young preteen stuff what's froyo froyo <laughs> it's like frozen yogurt oh no sh- oh my god <laughs> or like a boba place would be nice too How you know I something walk like into that, that? that's like <laughs> <laughs> froyo yeah yeah or a bubble place boba boba yeah what's that but it's like those little small like balls that you put in like the drinks. Oh yeah, and the smoothies. Yeah. Oh yeah, those are good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm like, if you know, Mayor Irving, if you're listening to this, like we want Bobo, we want we want all that stuff. Yeah, what's up with the Bobo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great stuff. <laughs> um. So since you're in Chicago, yeah, let's take the Aurora question for Chicago. What's some of the big changes that have been happening in Chicago that you've seen that you've noticed? Um, in Chicago, I think. I mostly stay on the north side. I'm going to sound so privileged. I mostly stay on the north side. Uh, But what I have noticed is that I know they're trying to better the education. uh, And I know because CPS has been really big on, like, better better wages for the teachers, uh, better wages for uh, the school, like, better incomes for the schools. Mm -hmm. Um, I know they're trying right now to talk about all this, like, school choice stuff and see how we can, like, better the school system. So I know Chicago is really trying, but I know there's also a lot of problems because again everything's very political it's all about like who you know how many connections you're able to get uh and then you know it's unions working with politicians but i know they're trying to work on that i know we have the teacher strike um another thing that is helping a lot with chicago is the fact that they are very big on opening businesses and i'm always very big about small businesses again because not just my family has one but i think that's the economic backbone of the united states and in Chicago, they give a lot of grants to people who want to start businesses. And at the same time, they give a lot of open room for people that want to start businesses, uh, which is something that I think a lot of the suburbs should do as well. So that idea has been stemming in Chicago, and especially within the downtown area. So we don't just have like all those big like Gucci stores and Nike, uh, but we also have like stuff within like Cicero, for example, or we have stuff in like um, like Levy that we have stuff like there. I think they're really trying to push there. So then those communities can grow bigger um i know a lot of people will call it gentrification but i just think it's an economic opportunity for the people that live there Hmm. so those are the two biggest things that i've been noticing interesting yeah we just talked about a little bit of that this this morning on our live news Hmm. uh gentrification there's a place called excuse me craft urban 
they got a Geneva location, but they're coming to downtown Aurora. Mm -hmm. And many in the community see this as a portent of gentrification. Like pretty soon, you know, 60 days from now, you will not see any colored people in Aurora. I think that's an extreme way to put it. You know, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't see one business coming into town as the beginning of the end of people of color. A lot of people see it that way. Yeah, when I went to um, the one meeting that I went to, I was hearing that too. And when I made that whole poll on my Instagram, people were telling me that too, that it's gentrification. Uh, but then again, you would also say gentrification is having boba. It's having, uh, you know, a Starbucks here. But I think we need to mix it up. So not to compare our city to any other city, but I always give the example of like downtown Naperville, which is I think what we're trying to reflect from what I've heard. Uh, they have that mixed in with small businesses. So and I'm gonna point out small businesses being like our own people, right, like people of color. So when you have a big store, I think it helps bring attention because that's what people are comfortable with. So the, the community just comes. Like you don't even have to advertise, you don't have to do anything, the word spreads. So once you have that, I think that's how you gain attention to the small businesses. And slowly but surely, then you're gonna start developing like our own communities, businesses, which for the most part are of people of color. So I think, it's not really gentrification. I think it's actually a way to help uplift getting attention down here. Right. America um, has a separation of church and state enshrined in its constitution. Why do people refer to America as a Christian country? Because, so, okay, this is going to be a little history fun fact. So, and I am Christian, so this might sound, <coughs> this might sound a little bit biased. But when the Founding Fathers created the nation, they did it with the idea of God in them. So the whole values that we started with, um, as many will reflect back to like the 1950s, 60s, it was family unity. It was the nuclear family. It was, um, you know, it was anti-abortion. It was, um, you know, minimized violence. It was all this stuff. So the country was founded on Christian values. And that's what the Founding Fathers wanted. The only reason there is a separation of church and state uh, is because the church didn't want to get mixed in with politics if that makes sense so like they're not mixing on politics in a, a higher level so like for example you won't see like a priest representing their church but if a christian person with christian values wants to get into politics and explore that within the political realm that's how it works but it's not i think it's just taken out of context so it's not really a separation of church and state it's just separation of the bigger church interfering with politics right yeah America was founded on Christian values. Mm -hmm. How could it have experienced slavery at its beginning? Uh, Christianity is not perfect. And I will say that, especially, like I said, coming as a Christian. Uh, Christianity is not perfect, and they have made a lot of manipulations to the Bible. So when slavery happened, and this is what I always tell people, I'm like, when slavery happened, it was misguided people within the Christian community. It was people who took advantage of scripture, and it was people who exploited it for their own benefit. Um, it does not represent the most, like most of us. Uh, it was not something that should have happened. But again, there's going to be bad people within every group. And I think that was a small group of very, very horrible people who exploited it for their own means. Um, so again, it's not really, I, want, I don't want to blame the whole religion for it, but I think it was just people who exploited the Bible. Uh, as any other person with any other religion would. Did they exploit the Bible, or were they just people who thought enslaving humans was cool? I mean, was the Bible even... I mean, we know what it says. We know what it says in the yeah. Bible. You know, slavery's cool in the Bible. 
But were they going off the Bible or were they just going off what they thought about colored people? I think it could have been a mix of both. I think, um, and I'll give like, for example, like, because we have people like within the KKK who use scripture for their own benefit. Um, I know there's a really good documentary. I forgot what it was. I think it was by Univision. And they, during that documentary, would actually use still phrases from the Bible. Uh, so I think it could be a little bit of both because you interpret what you read based on your own identity. Right. Um, so I always say, like, for example, when people are reading a book on uh, whether it be like white privilege or white fragility, which is different, um, you're going to read it based on what you've experienced and what you know. So if those people had experienced racism throughout the years, already knew it, were comfortable with it, I think just using something else to define their hatred was what they did. Interesting. Very interesting. So, when did your show debut? How do people check out Politics with uh, <laughs> Politics with Angelus? <laughs> okay, so I've only uploaded two videos on YouTube. Um, I have I have multiple jobs. I was a full time student. I have no excuses, but uh, they can check that one out on YouTube, yeah. and um, it's going to be also in a podcast form. And then Medea News is going to be solely as a podcast and on Instagram. Medea News. Yeah, I'm trying to keep up because I know a lot of like older generations just like to read. So I'm like, okay, I won't, I won't do the video. But I love our generation likes podcasts and like YouTube videos uh, and TikTok. But TikTok, it's a different story. Uh, so I'm like, that's why that's in a video form. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I can't do the, the, the tick. I mean, I, got the <laughs> tick. I hired somebody to do the tick just yesterday. So we'll see. TikTok's a great platform. Yeah, it's it's cool. I just like it takes a lot to make one of those videos. I don't have time to be, you know, like. The transitions, yeah, don't. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's next for you? What's next for Angela? What's, what's next uh, this year? What you got coming up? Um, okay, well, this is all if God permits, uh, or unless he has other plans for me, but what I have planned is I, right now, I'm working on policy entrepreneurship and lobbying. Uh, so this is something I just do in my free time. Again, my goal within politics is to represent this hidden community that never has a voice. So right now, I'm working on two bills. One about immigration, one about abortion. Um, I had a crime bill, but that one didn't go very well, so I'm going to wait since they just passed one. Uh, but for now, my main goal this year is to do the one about immigration and abortion. Uh, so that's what I'm lobbying. That's what I'm working on. I'm doing a lot of research. And then my goal is also, again, to work again with Medea News and Politics with Angeles, keep that information stemming. So that's kind of where I'm trying to go with all this political stuff. A lot of people ask me, will I ever run for office? I'm like, you know what? Hopefully one day, if God permits. But my focus right now is on trying to pass these bills because I know there's a community out there who needs help who isn't being talked about. What's your stance on abortion? I'm anti-abortion, so I'm pro-life. Okay. Mm-hmm. If there is a individual, uh, excuse me, if there's a woman who is in danger of dying mm-hmm. uh, during childbirth, do you feel the fetus should not be aborted to save her? No. So I'm pro-life all the way. Okay. No matter the situation, uh, no matter what the doctor predicts will happen. Um, I say that because not I prediction, might... Not prediction. Not prediction. I didn't use that word prediction. Well, I guess I, I'm using prediction in the sense that like what the doctor says will happen. Does that make sense? So like, if you said the woman is in danger and... You know, like her heart levels are, are dropping. Actually, yes. it's dropping. Like, death is coming right pretty quick. Okay, let's clarify. So are you talking about, like, if the woman... No, wait, what am I talking about? No, 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 I'm pro-life. Okay. So if 
yeah no matter what the situation is no matter what's happening i think at the end of the day uh the baby still has a right to live and i say that again because the whole heart rate dropping the whole all that I know my mom was told the same thing. Uh, she didn't take any of like that pain medication. It wasn't working for her, yet she still had me. So at the end of the day, every baby has a chance and an opportunity and should have the right to live. If you were mayor for a day, okay. what would you do? In Aurora? Mm -hmm. If I was mayor for one day, I would say let's have a small business and political forum. So I'd say, you know what? These are all your politicians. They're gonna be here the whole day. I'm gonna say the whole day because politicians only wear eight to five, which, not, I mean, sorry, 10 to five, which makes no sense to me. So I'm like, no, you know what? You, you guys get paid salary. You're gonna be here the whole day. You're gonna talk to your community. And here are a whole group of small businesses. The whole community is involved. I'm like, you know what? Everyone, is, it's gonna be food. It's gonna be everything the whole city would provide. I'm like, you guys know what? This will be a good, because obviously taxes pays for everything. You know what? This is a good pay for your taxes. You guys wanna learn how to start a small business. Here's this forum. You guys wanna tell and complain to your politicians and be like, or compliment them if they're doing something well. Here they are. Take the opportunity. I think these are the two things we need in our community the most. Mm. We need a good connection with politicians and we need a way for economic growth. Small business and political forum with food. Mm -hmm. Work up. Sounds like a great idea. Yeah. All right. Um, the show ends on a positive note. Mm -hmm. What is your message today to the people? You represent Aurora and Chicago, so we'll just stick with the people. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll sum it up with politics because mm -hmm. this is what this whole thing is about. So what I always say to people is, number one, the political atmosphere is for everyone. It is very accepting. Um, you can find your voice within politics and I challenge everyone to do that uh, whether it be through social media whether it be through uh, you listening to something whether it you be having those uncomfortable discussions with someone uh, whether it be you know there's a spot and a place for everyone no matter the time no matter the hour it's for everyone find your voice within it and just go for it like just don't be shy just go for it and I say this because if your identity is gonna be politics you're gonna be very controversial that's just how this works but if you're speaking up if you are contributing to your community I think you're off to a really good start just keep pushing um, and don't be scared of sharing your beliefs with other people um, and I actually uh, forgot one question I'll throw it yeah. now do you have a favorite uh, favorite politician uh, not someone who's in office, I'll put it that way, but um, as far as politics, I have one, she's called Morgan Zeggers. Mm -hmm. uh, she started YAS, which is Young Americans Against Socialism. Mm -hmm. I really greatly look up to her. We have a similar background, um, and we're attacking politics the same way. And me and her talk all the time, and she's a very, very kind person as well. So I think the kindness and the work she's doing is amazing. So she's one of my role models, and then the other one is Candace Owens. Uh, she's a little bit more controversial, but uh, I love what she stands for. I love how she is not afraid to speak her mind, and I love how she takes on any challenge that's given to her. Very cool, very cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we thank you, Angelus, for your time today. For all of our listeners and our viewers out there, um, stay motivated, stay blessed, and tune into Politics with Angelus. And Medea News. Medea News, yes. Medea News, yep. And on behalf of Good Morning Aurora, we want to say peace, stay blessed, and we'll see you guys back here again tomorrow for another great episode. Peace. Mm -hmm. Thank you.